0: The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. Your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Hey, what's up guys? Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. Today is episode 80 i'm not gonna do untold mayhem today gonna do something special we'll be doing it from 25 perfect days plus five more i will read you guys a story see how that goes i haven't read that story in a while but it's been on my mind because of something in the news uh but before we get to that i wanted to share two quick little uh book reviews i did yesterday uh, one for Brian Posehn's Forever Nerdy, the other one for Stephen King Salem's Lot. So, let me throw those on real quick. Here they are. We'll come back. I'll tell you why I'm going to read this story, and then I'll read it for you. All right. Check it out. Today's book review will be quick. It is Brian Posehn's Forever Nerdy. I uh, just got a chance to see his stand-up. Actually, his sit-down. It was at his house He recorded it. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, what's up, guys? Today's. Re- hey, what's going on? Today's book review is Brian Posehn's Forever Nerdy. Really cool book. I wasn't sure what I was going to rate it because I'm not a big fan of nonfiction. I just never have been, especially biographies. But I've been a big fan of his work, his comedy uh, for a long time, um, and his music. I think I was probably one of the first to get his grandpa medal. Uh, So, big fan. Thought I'd check it out, learn some cool new stuff about him. Uh, in the book, um, and blah blah blah. Hey, what's going on, guys? Today's book review is "Forever Nerdy" by Brian Posehn, very funny comedian. I just had the pleasure of watching his stand-up or his sit-down routine that was on Saturday Night. Really cool, uh, really funny. Um, with the book, I'm not a huge fan of nonfiction. Uh, when I do read, it's usually because I have to for research or something like that. I'd much rather read fictions, unlike Stephen King, which he's a fan of. I did not know that. Um, but it was a cool book. Learned a lot about him. Um, and it was sad. There was a lot of sad stuff in it. Uh, a lot of funny stuff, too. Uh, one of my favorite lines was uh, about him oh, something about fucking your mom. Oh, he, he promised that if he ever fucks your mom, he'll be really cool about it. I thought that was funny. Uh, but yeah, so it's full of funny stuff, full of sad stuff. Um, as far as overall interest, I would probably give it like a three or four. is a really good book. Um, but I'm giving it a five because I, I like the guy. He's funny. Um, but more importantly is uh, just how honest he was uh, throughout the whole thing. Talking about painful stuff, painful memories. Um, and just the overall message that he, not only did he overcome all this boring all this, this fucked up life, um, but what he's done with it and how he's created with his heroes. And, uh, you know, and that's one reason why I love his music too. Um, he's created with all these guys that I was such a huge fan of. Another thing the book did, uh, since he's only a few years older than me, it brought me back to all the memories that I've forgotten, all the tapes that I got, all the bands that I listened to, all the music that was important to me. Um, some things obviously I didn't care for like Rush, but that's all good. Uh it was a really good book. I enjoyed it. Uh but definitely giving it a five star because of the last chapter, the filler chapter, where he Went ahead and he just was talking about political shit, knowing that he'd probably lose half of his viewers or listeners, readers, whatever you want to call them. Maybe it wouldn't be half because maybe more people are in line with his political views. But just having that ability to say, fuck you, here I am, this is what I'm about, this is what I was going through, here's why. Being able to express that opinion is pretty awesome. So good job, Brian. Five stars for every forever nerdy. Definitely worth checking out. Today's book review is Salem's Lot by Stephen King. Uh, I finished this one like a month ago, just haven't got around to reviewing it. I hate reviewing books. Uh, It's not a fun thing to do as an author, especially for one of your heroes, which King is. Um, He's probably impacted my writing more than any other author. Read him more than anyone else, him, Kuntz, May Patterson. but So I started this book about a quarter of the way through. I wasn't sure whether I was going to finish it or not. The goal was to finish all, go through all of his books. Um, but on this one I started, I was like, "Ah, eh, do I want to do it? I already kind of remembered the book. It was coming back to me. I was like, do I want to reread it? And I only have a limited amount of time. But I'm glad I stuck with it because I really enjoyed it. Um, the thing I realized that I, one of the things I love most about King, I really came through on this one and not so much in Carrie, was how many different characters he can tap into. Um, he tapped into this whole town, showing their good sides, their bad sides, just everything that was going on. I think that's a really cool ability. Definitely made me want to continue reading, uh, cared about the characters. So um, yeah, so between a four and a five, let's say four and a half stars, round it up to five. I enjoyed it. Up next is The Shining. We'll see whether or not I get through that one. All right, so hopefully you guys enjoyed those two little quick reviews. Um, so I did start uh, The Shining a while ago, set it down. It's hard for me to stay with books because I'm doing so much of the nonfiction stuff. Right now I'm doing traumatic brain injury, so I'm reading uh, Dr. Amen's latest book, I think The End of Mental Illness or whatever it's called. Um, really good book. And uh, But right now I'm trying to finish my traumatic brain injury book. I decided I'm just going to do a shorter version that I can get out quicker to everyone. Um, I think my message is pretty set on what I want to get across Uh, So more than anything I just want to get that thing out there be done with it Hopefully that'll be my last nonfiction fucking ever because I do not like writing nonfiction Um, I just want to stick with try not to dies got a couple new ones added with some really cool friends Uh, Not gonna announce them yet, but uh, yeah super pumped about the series in fact, today I'm going to be driving to Dark Delicacies in Burbank to meet with my co-author John Palisano, and we will. Uh, oh, cause I got the new trend at the die mask. Hopefully, you guys are seeing that. Oh yeah, yep, yeah, that's right. Am I talking? Am I not talking? So there we go. Not the best fitting for me, but it works. Uh, my family was very embarrassed about that uh, when I went out to dinner with them the other night. I took that as my mask. Um, so, next time I'm teaching them a lesson, I'm also going to wear my Try Not To Die shirt. So then they can really be embarrassed. But yeah, so the series is going great. I'm meeting John to drop off posters, uh, or flyers, um, a couple other things. Because Dark Delicacies is going to be the main draw for our contest. It's a grand prize for the... Try Not To Die In The Pandemic is going to be a $250 gift card to Dark Delicacies. Uh, I believe third place is $50 gift card. person with the most deaths, so the person that is least successful at, uh, not, at staying alive, will win a $100 gift card to Dark Delicacies. Um, there's also, I think second prize is a uh, $100 gift card to Thrift Cards. Then there's going to be a lot of cool books. I'm going to be going today to Dark Delicacies to pick up some books. They donated a bunch of horror books. Uh, John has some of his, there'll be some of mine, so we'll make some cool packages of uh, gifts or whatever. And then we'll also throw in some of the Try Not to Die mass. So that is coming up October 7th. Uh, It's going to be through my Facebook page, author Mark Tullius, through the Messenger. Uh, It's all set up through there. Uh, I believe it should be ready by the end of the week. So you definitely want to pre-register too, because there's only a thousand spots, and it should fill up pretty quickly. Um, I'm hoping I'll be able to get my buddy Dustin, uh, who won the Try Not To Die, or 22 Days of Death or whatever, for the Try Not To Die in Brightside, he won. Uh, so I was hoping to get him on here so we could have a little discussion about that. Um, alright, gotta make this kinda quick, cause I do need to get to Burbank. Uh, but, the reason I'm gonna read a story from 25 Perfect Days is I've had a lot of friends keep telling me, like, man, I nailed so many different things that are happening now. 25 Perfect Days was written maybe seven or eight years ago. Uh, it's been a while, but all of, it's a dystopian. If you haven't heard about it, it's dystopian slash horror. Some of the short stories I had written uh, prior to putting them all together, uh, my wife helped me see that it made for a really cool world. Um, and then I just added to it. So originally it was 25 day, perfect days. I added five more and then I just completed the 31st day um, and we're gonna be recording that audiobook book soon, uh, probably in the next week or so and I'll put that out as a single. Uh, pretty excited about it. But again, all those events were things that either I was afraid of happening uh, in our country or they're already happening in another country. The thing that I've been thinking about lately is uh for the story eight out of nine and i don't know if you guys have been looking at the news much i try not to i stay away from it but the uh, hysterectomies going on or alleged hysterectomies going on at uh ice centers at the detention centers uh pretty scary stuff but it's been done before um you know uh, that's definitely where i got the idea from but here, uh, this is from this is article in The Guardian. He was talking about all the allegations that are going on now in the centers. Um, so look into that. I don't know. I haven't done the research. I haven't verified whether or not shit's true or not. You never know nowadays. Um, but on this, in this Guardian thing, it says also uh, in California prisons between 1997 and 2013, about 1,400 people was, were sterilized. Um, it, shit goes on like that all the time, especially in other countries. I think it's important to remember, not only does your country not give a shit about you, as a person. They want your taxes, uh, but they don't care about the actual individual. Um, but other countries especially don't give a fuck about you. So I don't know. It sucks. It's a shitty situation. I'm not going to get too political or into it. I will just read you a story. So yeah, we're going to story time, 25 perfect days plus five more. This short story is eight out of nine. All right. December 17th, 2056. Vanessa entered the waiting room. The door slammed shut behind her. The lock clicked. Four rows of girls turned as one to see the new girl. Vanessa clutched the faded gray robe to her chest and slipped into the last row of plastic chairs. The center's oversized slippers slapped the tiles as she made her way past trembling knees. She didn't look at their faces, giving them the privacy she so desperately wanted. Halfway down the road, two girls clutched each other's hands. Vanessa wondered if they knew each other before today. The coarse robe scratched her bare flesh. Vanessa hurried and sat down on the last chair against the wall. The girl, two seats down, whispered something like, hello. Vanessa nodded and stared at the sweet 14 slip in her hands. Her bright red fingernails were chipped. She needed to touch them up before she returned to work. This was the first time she'd rather be at her job. The crumpled card had her information printed on the front, and the penalty for not appearing on the back. She tried to steady her hands, search for some loophole, a mistake she missed, or a word they got wrong. This was the first piece of mail she'd ever received. The only one that would ever matter, eight out of nine. Those were the odds every girl was given. The rectangular waiting room had no windows, the walls the color of a gray winter sky. The door she'd entered was behind her and locked. The massive metal door they'd all eventually walk through was directly in front of them. Vanessa tried not to think of the things taking place on the other side. She'd never seen the inside of a slaughterhouse, but that's what she pictured. Her father had told her stories before he died. He worked in one back when it was still safe to eat meat. He always said he felt sorry for the helpless creatures. It was like they knew what was coming. The way her parents must have felt the last time they went to the DMV. Vanessa tried to remember her father's face. It used to be so clear in her mind. She only knew her mother from the faded picture her father carried in his wallet. Part of her wish they were in the other room with the rest of the parents all anxiously waiting to take home their little girls. But another part was glad they weren't around to see this. Large red letters scrolled on a continuous loop across the electronic display box above the steel door. Joanne Weaver. Vanessa wondered if Joanne was already on the other side of the door or if she was here waiting, cowering in her chair, clutching the last shred of hope they'd forget her and move on to the next girl. Vanessa looked around the room for Joanne every girl was different none fat but all degrees of skinny some were pale and ugly others a little beautiful even though they were crying one girl with blonde hair just kept smiling Vanessa wondered if the girl's mother had told her they might pass her over if she looked pretty there were dark-skinned girls and blue-eyed girls there were tall ones in every shade of hair but while every girl was different every girl was the same some hid the fear better but no one wanted to be here, not on her birthday. Vanessa used to look forward to the little party her father and uncle would give her. They never had money, but they'd sing and split a stick of gum. When she turned 11, Vanessa's uncle took her to a field to shoot tin cans with a particle pistol. Vanessa hated the whirring noise it made when it was charging, but it made her giggle when the tin can would evaporate. That was the last year girls had options, back when the controllers actually paid those who volunteered. The box above the door chimed, and a mechanical voice said, Michelle Jackson. A homely girl in the front row stood before her name finished scrolling across the display box. Her legs shook, but she held her head high as the metal door slid open and a guard, clad in black, entered the room. He was tall with a shaved head and a thin goatee. He grabbed Michelle's card and studied it. Vanessa eyed his prod and shiny particle pistol. It looked nothing like the old-fashioned one she'd fired with her uncle. She didn't understand why a man twice Michelle's size needed a weapon at all. With those giant hands, he'd kill her with one punch. Michelle walked through the door, her head still held high. Vanessa hoped she'd be just as brave when her name was called. If Michelle had been attractive enough to find a decent husband who could support a family, would she still have been so quick to get up? Maybe Michelle never dreamed of being a mother. Even though Vanessa had never met her own, she always thought one day she'd have a kid, do all the things she could only imagine growing up, like story time or learning to put on lipstick. The woman who taught Vanessa told her to cake it on so men wouldn't focus on her white nose. The girl two seats down was suddenly next to her tapping on her leg. Vanessa hadn't realized she was shaking. Not from cold, not from fear, but out of anger. The controllers had taken everything, her mother, her father. This was all she had left, and be gone in the next 15 minutes. Relax, the girl said gently. They say it doesn't hurt. Vanessa stared at the girl's hand, the bright red fingernail polish, a clear sign they were both in the same line of work. Vanessa always told herself she was better than the others. She had her uncle to care for. All she had in common with the girl next to her was a birthday and the same shitty luck. The speaker called another name. When no one stood, the speaker blared the name again. Karen Chin, stand up. The tiny girl seated in the second row shot up, beautiful black hair halfway down her back. She wavered slightly, looking like she might faint when the door slid open and the guard walked toward her. Karen screamed as they dragged her through the door. The girl next to Vanessa said, It's for the best. My sister just had a kid. She lowered her voice and said, She refused to give him to the way. Now she's got to come up with $500 a month for the orphanage until he's adopted. Believe me, this is better. Vanessa nodded, trying to force herself to believe that was true. If she ever got pregnant, she knew she'd sacrifice everything. She'd be a good mother. Her dad always told her that. Said Vanessa had the same heart as a woman she never knew. The box chimed again and the speaker buzzed to life. Vanessa Salazar. A hiss of static. Then nothing. Vanessa's name scrolled across the box in red letters. The The speaker squawked her name again. Vanessa bit her tongue. She wouldn't yell or cry or let them see the fear. She could hold on to that. The door slid open. The guard that had taken the other girls away appeared in the doorway, his cold eyes searching the room. If he wanted to take her, he'd have to come and physically rip her from the seat. Vanessa wanted him to grab her. She'd claw his eyes, rip out his throat, and escape. She was small, and he'd underestimate her, not ready for the fury raging inside. The guard called her name. Vanessa wanted to rush him, but that only worked if the rest of the girls would follow. There were enough but if she called them to arms, she knew most wouldn't budge. She needed the element of surprise. She'd wait until the prick was inches away. Population control card's out. Name's up, he ordered. The guard walked down the first row, read each girl's slip. At the end of the of the second row, he got on his transmitter. Barnett here. I'm gonna need Williams. Barnett grabbed another card, read it, and shoved it back to the girl. Halfway down the third row, Vanessa could see his forearm muscles twitching, the excitement in his eyes. He lived for someone to resist, dragging innocent girls into the back, sticking his hands underneath their robes, having his way with them. Why else would he work here? Barnett moved down her row. His hand rested on the butt of his pistol. She tried to remember what her uncle had taught her. Arms locked, shoulders square, but he never taught her how to disarm anyone and if she couldn't get it from him, the prick would kill her. Vanessa no longer cared. She'd be with her parents. She'd never have to go back to work. Her uncle would understand. She kept telling herself, even as the images of him images of him starving to death fired off on her head, gasping, too weak to even take his own life. The guard stopped in front of her chair. Turn over your card. Vanessa stared straight ahead. He ripped the card out of her hands and waved over the fat guard walking through the doorway. Barnett pointed at the display and asked Vanessa, Are you deaf? She shook her head, not understanding why she couldn't move her arms and go for the gun. Then get up. Vanessa couldn't. She tried to stand, but her legs felt like they were filled with cement. Williams walked over, knelt in front of her, his eyes surprisingly soft. Look, Vanessa, you have to get up. There's no choice. She's not getting up. Grab an arm. Give me a second. Williams lowered his voice and whispered, If you don't stand up, they'll make us use force. And if you fight, they're going to do what it says on the back of your card. Trust me, you don't want that. Vanessa didn't believe his kindness. It was a trick. His eyes were probably always watery. No one cared about her, a lot, at least not in this place. Just walk with us, he said. You'll barely feel it. Barnett tapped Williams, who finally got up and moved to the left. They each took hold of her arms. Their fingers dug into her flesh. They yanked her from the chair, dragging her toward the door. She opened her mouth to shriek, but couldn't make a sound. Pretending like he wasn't enjoying her terror, Williams grunted and told Barnett, Still wonder why I'm transferring to the prison? The tips of Vanessa's slippers bent backward on the tiles as they neared the door. They crossed the threshold and the door slid shut her body suddenly awake. She'd been mistreated by men, but never like this. She felt their hands loosen. They thought they were safe. Vanessa flung herself from their grip. Barnett grabbed her by the hair, reached for the electro prod on his belt. Better relax. Vanessa spun, the hairs ripping from her scalp. She launched a knee at his groin, heard the crunch. He let go of her and dropped to the floor, but Williams was right behind him. Vanessa took one step back and braced herself for his attack. William stepped toward her. Hey, let's calm down. Vanessa ran at him and raked his face with her fingernails. Her fingers found a chain around his neck and ripped it off when he pushed her away. The crucifix at the end of the chain hung in the air for only a moment before Vanessa snatched it and plunged the long end into William's cheek. William screamed, one hand on the cross, the other reaching for Vanessa. Vanessa ducked under his arm flipped the tab, and ripped the pistol from the holster. Barnett was back on his feet, the buzzing prod in his hand. Drop the gun. I'm going to have fun with you. Vanessa backed against the wall, the gun aimed at Barnett's chest. There was a hallway to the right. She inched her way over, her thumb fumbling for the safety. It wasn't where it had been on her uncle's pistol. Finally, she found it. Whirring filled the air. Barnett's hand moved towards his own pistol. Do it and I'll shoot, Vanessa said. Barnett's hand steadied, hovered over his pistol. Vanessa's gun was fully charged. She couldn't tell what Barnett was going to do, but then his eyes narrowed. There was no way he'd let her go. His thumb slowly flipped open the tab, and Vanessa squeezed. The force shot her back, nearly sent her to the ground. When she opened her eyes, she saw Barnett's arm vanish under his sleeve. He flailed and slammed against a gurney. She turned, saw the emergency exit down the hall. Barnett's scream cut through the buzzing in her ears. Vanessa passed a small room with a tray of sharp instruments. The girl on the table with her legs in stirrups, ankles strapped down, towels stuffed in her mouth. There wasn't enough time to save her. She heard other guards coming. Williams called out to her. He pulled the cross from his cheek. Blood poured from the gaping hole. You can't run forever. Vanessa shot the lock off the emergency exit and kicked open the door. I can try. Alright guys, 25 perfect days. That story is about halfway through the book. Uh, If you haven't checked it out, do so. Uh, It's probably one of, it had some really good reviews uh, on the back. Here we go. Uh, This is from Indie Reader. Uh, Perfectly disturbing. A walk through a possible future as bleak as George Orwell's 1984. Scary, realistic, and satisfying. Uh, They also named it one of the best indie books for 2013. Uh, This was really cool from the Minneapolis Books Examiner. One of the better science fiction books I've read in a long time. This is a novel that deserves much more acclaim. And last one, if you love dystopian stories with a wide scope of realistic social and moral issues, you'd probably enjoy 25 Perfect Days. Alright guys, Uh, that is it. I gotta get going to the bookstore. Uh, Hope you guys have a fantastic week. Uh, Definitely stay tuned for next week. I am having my buddy Zach Waldman, a very funny comedian. uh, Also 10th Planet Jiu Jitsu Brown Belt. Uh, He will be on, we're going to film that I think on Thursday. So that'll be next week's episode. Um, Probably go back to something from Untold Mayhem for that one. The week after maybe we'll do some more 25 Perfect Days. Got a couple more new stories I want to talk about. Alright, hope you guys are doing well um yeah have an awesome week and i'll talk to you later peace